You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Today what I want to do is talk to you about stewardship. The Lord gave me this message probably over a month ago, and he said the next time you get a chance to to teach at church, uh, I want to take a look at this issue. And so um, it's uh, it's of the Lord for you and I. Uh, And as I was uh, pondering the message, uh, I began to realize that one of the things that is so important for us is to steward communion. Everything that we do, we want to steward. Now, maybe you might think that sounds like kind of a heavy burden. Like, don't I ever get to do anything fun? Actually, within the pleasure and the joy of fun, you can steward that. Yeah. Stewardship is a principle within the kingdom of heaven, uh, and it's something that the Lord is very serious about. But before we get to stewardship... We have to talk about a thankful heart, don't we? Because if you don't have a thankful heart, you place no value on the things that you have. And it's impossible to steward something that you don't value. And the Lord really wants to speak to us this morning. and He wants to remind us that, that he's done a lot of wonderful things in our lives. And he wants us to be thankful for that. And in that place of thanksgiving, we are then moved to respond in stewardship. And so I believe stewardship is a natural response of a thankful heart when we come into a revelation and understanding of what God has done on our behalf. And salvation is extremely important because it's foundational. But a lot of times that's all we ever think about. But actually everything that we have at every level, in every realm, is a gift from God to you and I. And he wants us to steward that. And we can do it in that place of joy, okay? So a thankful heart is foundational in us then being able to steward something. So I believe that whatever it is that God wants within us, he is the one who graces us with that. So if you do not have a thankful heart, ask the Lord to give you a thankful heart. Yeah. Wherever there is resistance, ask God to break through. He fully intends to do that. He fully wants to break through those things that we can't do and grace us with the ability to do that. God's question today for us is, how have you been stewarding your relationship with him and the resources from heaven that have been given to you? Now, that may sound like a heavy question. At least none of you got up and walked out. I appreciate that. Okay. But, but the questions that God asked of us are always questions that... Uh, are designed to elicit a thought process within us that allows us to connect with him. It isn't because he's unaware of the answer, 
but he asks those questions in order to challenge us, not to shame us, not to condemn us, but you and I need conviction periodically, don't we? I don't grow without some sort of intervention, okay? I need that. God needs to bring intervention into our lives periodically in order to bring us to a revelation and a truth that allows us to repent and then change the course of where we've been going. That's what God wants to do. He wants to redirect us. You know, I, I may have mentioned this before, but uh, I grew up in a family where uh, when there were problems, there was great confrontation. Uh, when I married my wife and we had children, I began to realize that she knew a better way to do this. She actually redirected them. Yeah, she was able to, to turn them. Rather than heavy-handed confrontation, she was able to redirect them. And God is not into heavy-handed confrontation within our lives. He's a loving father, and he is a great parent, by the way. And he's got great parenting skills. And so he then comes to us, and he asks us questions. Why? Because they begin to start the thought process within us. We begin to think about it, and then the Spirit of God moves on that, and we come to a place of revelation, and then hopefully out of that, we come to a place of repentance, because that is what God needs in each of our lives. Every one of us needs to repent. Every one of us needs to think differently. Every one of us needs to agree with God. Why? Because he is truth. And he will set us free with that. And so when he speaks to us today about stewardship, he's not mad. But he's challenging us. He's saying, hey kids, there are places within your lives that you need to steward. That you might then see the benefit of that. Now the closing statement of this sermon is, is that God has given you much, but he wants to give you more. That's where we're going. God has given you much, but he wants to give you more. But for that to take place, you and I must steward what we currently have. It doesn't make sense, does it? In our, even our logical mind. Give more to someone that isn't stewarding what they're already stewarding? Well, maybe it does make sense in today's culture, but we won't go there. <laughs> we are living in a crazy world. And it's interesting, isn't it? The spirit of this age, the God of this world, which is Satan himself, does everything he can to twist, manipulate, and destroy the truth of God. Yet the kingdom of God comes to intervene and to turn the worldly wisdom into foolishness. And so your lives, as you steward your lives before God, the world is not going to be your ally. Now hear me. The world will not be your ally as you steward your life before God. So don't expect affirmation from this world as you steward your life before God. But there's something far greater than the accolades of this world. You realize that the desire for the approval of men is nothing more than the fear of man. We all struggle with that, don't we? 
Yeah. But the word says, fear the Lord. Yeah. Come to alignment with him. So, he's not shaming us, but he is convicting us. Okay? Now, God fully intends to kill what was deposited within us by the kingdom of darkness in the Garden of Eden. And then which was that which the enemy has now built upon in our lives. You know, we are under the power of Satan right now, aren't we? In many ways. Yeah. There's a war going on. Don't let anyone tell you different. There's a fight. Yep. It's a nonstop fight. But the beautiful thing is, is that we win. Yeah. We win. Yeah. So I want to encourage you that even though you may be in a fight right now, God says, I will reveal to you the victory. You will see the power of the Lord revealed in each of our lives. And so God wants to kill within us that which was deposited within us in Adam and Eve and which was built upon our lives by the power of Satan. He wants to bring all of that to death so that he might live through us. And there's a lot of things within our life that need to die. But what's interesting, if you think about it just from a spatial perspective, if the things within us are brought to death by the power of God, there is then a void or an opening or a space within us that can be filled with the presence of God. That's our goal. Our goal is to let God bring to death the things that have been woven within us that are of the kingdom of darkness. And out of that, then he deposits within us the power and presence of his own life in the form of the Holy Spirit. Now, legally that was done at the cross. We just celebrated the legal death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and what that brought to us legally. The challenge that you and I face is the ongoing experiential reality of that legal act taking place on the cross, which we celebrate with communion. It now needs to become an experiential reality within our lives. It isn't just theoretical. It isn't just information. It's an encounter with the living God that brings about radical transformation in each one of our lives. It brings change to us. Jeff has been talking about the fruits of the Spirit. He's been talking about the radical transformation that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. I appreciated what Christy shared last week, that what God is bringing to death is the fear of man and the deep desire to let God transform her heart in the ability to love her enemies. Do you realize that's the most difficult thing there is? Loving your enemies? We give lip service to that, but that is, that is the most difficult thing there is to do. And we don't do it without the grace of God. And she testified to that. Thank you for that. You and I have the ability to let God do things in our lives that are a testimony to him. 
I would like people to look at my life and go, wow, Bruce can't do that. It's got to be God. <laughs> Isn't that what you want? Yeah. What we want is people to go, I was thinking about, uh, she's not here today, but I was just, uh, she, uh, uh, Leanne Lord, you, some of you know her. It was interesting. It was just, uh, she'd been on vacation. I hadn't seen her, and I texted her and asked her where she was, and uh, I just was uh, encouraging her to, uh, and she'd been gone for a couple of weeks. But I was thinking about her, and I was praying for her, and I felt like the Lord said, the world is a better place because of Leanne. And I thought, God, should that not be all of our desires? that this world is a better place because we exist here. Think about that. That's what God wants to do. That requires stewardship on our part, doesn't it? We have to steward what God has given us in order for us to be the blessing that God intended for us. What will change this world? What will change this world are living witnesses to the power of God. When people become a blessing to this world, it will change this world. You and I have been called as the body of Christ, the church, the children of God, to be agents of change. And it is done by the power of the Spirit working within us. We are transformed into his likeness. If you look at Jesus' life in the New Testament, people loved him other than the religious spirit with good reason. People loved him. They followed him. They were, they, were, they were desiring to be close to him, to receive the benefits of the kingdom. May that be true for our lives, that people desire to be around us. Now, the religious spirit won't like you. The Pharisees, those religious people may not like what God is doing in you. Yeah. You're not following the rules. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Be mindful that we are not looking for the accolades or affirmation of men. We are looking for the confirmation and presence and power of the living God indwelling us and transforming us into his likeness and image. And out of that, our life becomes the living witness of the power of God within us. That's your call. That's my call. We are in this together. Okay, so how do we steward the resources of heaven? Okay, number of ways. First of all is, is that, and we did that in communion. We want to cultivate. We want to help each of us cultivate a deeper and more powerful relationship with God. Scripture says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Yeah, he rewards us with him. It's the greatest gift. And it's in that encounter with God that we are transformed into his likeness and image. You also want to um, obey his instructions, both the logos and the rhema. In other words, first of all and foundationally, we need to obey and be obedient to what God speaks to us in Scripture. Yeah, that's foundational. God also speaks to us in a number of other ways. Sometimes he'll speak to us through other people. Sometimes you will hear his voice. 
uh, a sense. You might sense something. It just kind of drops in. Those are the kinds, those are different ways. There are many ways, dreams, visions. Uh, and so uh, Janie shared uh, what the Lord had spoken to her about a, there's a, a window, an opening right now. And what was implied there in that was stewardship, isn't it? Wasn't that what you heard when she talked about that? She was basically talking about stewardship, and I go, God, you're on a theme here, aren't you? Confirmation. Yeah. God giving us opportunities to steward relationships. You know, sometimes I miss them. Sometimes I'm just too busy doing my stuff, and I miss the opportunities that God brings to me in relationships and situations. I do. I'm just too busy. It is a thing that I have to repent of, okay? That the busyness of life, the things that need to be accomplished, and it doesn't mean that you quit your day job and, uh, and, and sit in, the, in, in your recliner and, uh, and wait for the, the voice of God. What it means is as you live your daily life, as you are walking in your daily life, the Lord is speaking to you, he's releasing the kingdom through you, and you want to steward those opportunities. Yeah. And what you want is you want the grace of God to be able to recognize those opportunities. When those relationships take place, when those open doors take place, you step through those. You don't say, ah, I'm too busy. I don't want to do that. I've, God, you know, i got to get this done, or whatever. We've got all sorts of excuses, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is that God is giving us kingdom opportunities in relationships and in many other areas that actually are places where we can steward so that we might see a greater release within our lives. Now, typically on a stewardship message, the pastor just talks about money. Everyone gets mad and they all go home. Because ooh, money. Well, Jesus did address money. I mean, it's a powerful force in our lives. It truly is. Yeah. I'm not discounting that. But the thing that's interesting is that money takes its rightful place as soon as the Lord takes his rightful place. It then becomes, it's a, it's, it's a done deal. As soon as the Lord takes his rightful place, we don't need to worry about any of the other issues in our lives. Why? Because the Lord will deal with those. He will deal with those things that need to be dealt with in our lives. And so this message is not focused on money. It's actually focused on relationship. Stewardship of the relationship with God. You see the benefits and the transformation as a result of that. So we press into God. We obey his instructions, whether they're written to us through the scripture or whether they are spoken to us as he downloads that to us. We also press into those places where we receive prophetic words. How many of you received a prophetic word? Raise your hands higher so I can just kind of see the... Cool, okay. More of you need prophetic words. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my desire would be that every one of us receive prophetic words. Why? Because they're the voice of God. In fact, I have a prophetic word for a couple who's not here this morning. I said, Lord, bring them here. I want to deliver it. 
but they're not here. But I will, I'll have opportunity to do that. What we want when we receive a prophetic word is we then begin to steward that word, don't we? We take it before the Lord in prayer. We say, Lord, what is it that you want to do in this? Some prophetic words, uh, all, well, first of all, all prophetic words are words of encouragement. Some have instructions within those prophetic words. And in those, we press into that. We pray into that. We ask for the grace of God. And we desire for uh, him to make that prophetic word come to life. Because you realize that you can, there, pagans read the Bible. I mean, you can go to the University of Iowa or Iowa State or the North, University of Northern Iowa and you can take a theology class taught by an atheist and they dissect it from a cultural perspective and a historical perspective. They read those words and there is no life to them. You need the Spirit of God to speak to you as you read Scripture. And so what we do is when we look into the book, we receive life because the Spirit of God is speaking to us through the book, okay? And so we press into God, and we want to obey those things, and we want to press into those rhema words, those prophetic words, those specific words that come to you and I, okay? Why? Because in that, if we steward them, what will happen is God will give us more. It's interesting, uh, in prayer ministry, I just use this as an example. Uh, a lot of times what you'll do is, you'll, we li like to do it in a group where we're praying for someone, and what we're inviting the Spirit of God to do is to do the work that only he can do within that person's life. Okay? What we find is, what will happen is, is that Someone will hear something. Now, it might be just a little bit. But what happens is that as you are, and we've experienced this where people go, well, yeah, I heard that, but I, was, I, I just didn't feel it applied. I'm going, stop it. Stop being that way. Stop being selfish and fearful. Step out with whatever it is that you're sensing from God. And what happens then is God builds upon it. He actually knits it together, together. And as we pray for someone in a group of people, people will get different things. And it will build upon it. And then what will happen is if you are stewarding what God has placed within you, he'll give you more. So this couple that I have this word for, I began to pray into it because it was just, it was just kind of an observation. Um, and they were called... Uh, the Lord highlighted him the last time I taught in the audience, okay? And uh, I go, and as I begin to, to, to think about it, and Leanne Payne, uh, she's now gone to be with the Lord, but she's a powerful teacher. She said, sometimes we need to get down on our knees and think with God. Isn't that interesting? We need to get down on our knees and think with God. So as I thought with God about the prophetic word for this individual, I started to get more information. I'm going, oh, so this is happening with this one. Oh, and this is happening with the other part of the couple. Oh, and, and this is what needs to take place. What God wants to do is he wants to break the power of this and release something in the other one. Yeah, now that's how you steward a prophetic word. You begin to press into it. First of all, that who, the person who's delivering it prays into that to see if there's more from God. 
That's stewarding on my part or the individual that receives the prophetic word. And then what happens is when the word is delivered, the individuals that receive the word then pray into that to see what God wants to do. That is stewardship of a prophetic word. And we need to do that. We need to steward the prophetic within our con congregation. Yeah. And as we begin to practice, God will give us more. See, maybe you've not been seeing that much here. My question for me and for you is have we been stewarding what God has already done? He hasn't given us more. Maybe because we have not stewarded well what God has already given us. Now, there is no condemnation. God is not angry. He is just saying, this is the truth. I release the more into those who will steward well what I've already given them. That's a word for you and I. Take hold of it. What we want to do is we want to pray into that. Lord, where have I been missing stewarding what you've already given me so that I might receive the more? Is it not true of loving parents that they want to give their kids more? Yeah. They want the more for them. They want the blessing. That's the love of God. And that's that love that's deposited within you and I. You are well aware, for those of you that are parents, that sometimes giving them more is not good because they have not stewarded well what you've already given them. And things have gone wrong as a result of that. God gave us kids, you know, so we could understand our relationship with Father God. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, family's perfect for that. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, all the ups and downs and the ins and the outs of that. Uh, perfect picture, yeah. So we want to press into God. We want to obey, and we want to uh, steward the prophetic words. We also want to begin to give up that whiny little voice inside that says, poor me. Do you realize that when you agree with that, you have an unthankful heart and you immediately do not steward what God has for you? That is such a dangerous thing. Remember the children of Israel in the desert experience. They had everything from God. And what did they do? All they could think about was what they didn't have. Is that true of us at times? I'm afraid it can happen. You'll have to decide for yourself where you're at in that. But I really felt like the Lord said, that whiny, feeling sorry for yourself, heart is the entry point for the kingdom of darkness that then destroys our thankful heart and we do not steward then the things of God. We're dead in the water. It's a dangerous place to go. Okay? And you go, well, you don't know about my life. It's so difficult and so miserable. It might be. I'm not discounting your pain, your woundedness, or your difficulties. That's not what I'm saying. We live in a real world that has a lot of pain and sorrow and difficulty and sin. But we also live in a community of faith that brings the kingdom into those places for spiritual transformation. Okay? And we may not see what we want to see on this side of heaven, but 
I will not stop praying for people. I will not stop praying for people. Even though I may not see everything that I would like to see in praying for them, I will not stop praying. Because God has said, continue to pray. Continue to press in. To continue to go passionately after what I have for you and take hold of that. If you and I do it individually and corporately, as this body of Christ, we will see transformation. We will see the kingdom of God break through powerfully within our lives. I shared with you some time ago, when we first came to this church, I saw Jesus with a staff hitting the floor right here in the center of the auditorium, and the power of the kingdom broke loose like that, and it went in every direction. He's still going to do that. That is a prophetic vision, if you will, and I need to pray into it. I would encourage each of you to pray into that. And you may have other things that God is releasing in you. Pray into those things to see them fulfilled. Yes. And so, we want to step away from looking downward and inward and I am not saying that we deny reality. We have difficulties and pain. But what we do is those come into the presence and power of God, and he is an answer for every situation. That is a word of encouragement to each one of us. Every difficult thing that we encounter, God has an answer for it. He is not wringing his hands in heaven saying, they screwed it up so bad, there is just no hope for them. We act like that, don't we? I mean, see, the, there is such a difference. This is one of the frustrating things that I find in my own life, and I'm sharing it with you, is the difference between what I confess to be true and what I believe in my heart. Because my actions, the way I pray, all of those things reveal what's going on in my heart. And that's the real issue. I can confess all day long the right thing to say at the right time in the right place. I was taught well. But what does my heart say about that situation? Is it filled with hope for God or is there hopelessness? Do I believe that it's an impossible situation for God and I've given up on it? Is that what I've done? What is going on in your heart? That's why God is so interested in our hearts. Why? Because that's where we really are. That's what we live out. We live out of our hearts. And that's why God needs to give us the new heart that we so desperately need so that it might be able to receive the grace of God so that we can move in the area of transformation. And it's all about him. He does it all. What's my part? cooperating, stewarding. It's another word for cooperation. Stewarding what God has deposited within us. That's what we want. We want to steward what God has done in us. So, we have to toss out that whiny, critical spirit that so easily comes against us. Okay? Now, the other thing is, is that he said, start encouraging each other. Yeah, Start encouraging each other, calling out what you're seeing in people. Yeah, just like Leanne. 
I, I was hoping she'd be here so I could actually share, uh, you know, she can listen to it on tape, I guess. But you didn't press record? Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, but when you see that now, I, I know how to pray for her. Because I'm sure that as she walks in that, that there's warfare in her life. Yeah. Whatever God has deposited within you, does not the enemy come to test and try and tear out of you? Of course he does. But we're in this together. We can fight together. We are not alone. Most people have grown up feeling very alone. Even in the mid, uh, amongst the crowd, they're feeling very alone. Abandoned, neglected. All of those things can be part of the wound. But you have come to a place where God is building a family, a community that's got your back. Yes, that's got your back. He is, well, actually, in God we have your back because he is the one who is before us. Let's see, is it the CB? He's got the front door and the back door, and we're in the rocking chair? Is that what, remember the old... Uh, we're way beyond this, aren't we? How many, uh, you're not, there's not that many old people here, sorry. Okay, but the CB, they used to talk about the truckers would, you're in the rocking chair, meaning you've got, the front door is already, is, is looking for the, the highway patrolman, and the back door are looking for the highway patrolman, and in that rocking chair, you have that complete protection of those two. Well, you and I are in the rocking chair with God. He's got our front door and he's got our back door. And sometimes he invites you and I into the front truck to be a part of the front door. And sometimes he invites the people within that rocking chair in that protected area to come into the back truck, if you will, and be a part of what God is doing in protecting us from the rear. He is our front guard and he is our rear guard. And sometimes you and I are invited to be with him in those places. So like the intercessors, they would be a part of the front truck, the front door. They'd be interceding, and not everyone's called to that, by the way. I mean, we are, everyone's called to everything, but then others are called into special places with special anointings on them. But there are individuals then that can see into the future. Yeah, can see what's up ahead, see that trickery of the enemy being laid and they begin to pray they begin to co-labor with god to break the power of that so that that does not happen and that's a gift from god and like i said not everyone's called to all the things and there are different degrees of anointing but we're in this together so what you want to do what i want to do is i want to steward the relationships that i have here I want to steward those and steward them well. I want to encourage people. Why? Because there is a lot of discouragement. I don't know if you noticed, but this morning, as we came in, there was kind of a heaviness. Now, I know the, whole, the Holy Spirit was visiting the worship team back here, but as uh, the rest of us flowed in, there was sort of a heaviness that came in. And it took about the second song before things started to break, at least the way I felt. Where, where, the, where the enemy started to actually flee because of worship. It took a little while. And that's not unusual, and that's not ab, no, or abnormal. It, it's not unusual. So uh, it's just a reality. But what happens is, as you and I press through in worship, 
a, break, a breaking point took place somewhere, I think, in the second song. Uh, one of the songs talked about um, it's you're the breath that I breathe or something like that. So as a, as a, as a COVID recovery, that word has, that phrase has special meaning to me. <laughs> I'm going, yes, Lord, <laughs> it is your breath that saves me. <laughs> and I have had a literal uh, interpretation of that particular song. Before it was theoretical, by the way, now it's literal because I experienced the breath of God being restored to me, okay? So those are powerful things. Okay. Have I convinced you? Yeah. Now, uh, you can look at the passage, uh, the parable of the talents, uh, Matthew 25, 18 through 28. You can read it on your own. But basically the sense there was is that what God uh, said what he's speaking was he gave different gifts, anointings, in this case, talents. So God gives different things to us. And by the way, if someone gets a greater gift by your understanding, don't be jealous of it. Don't be angry. Oh, I wish I had the prophetic like they did. Well, you know, probably the reason why is because you've not been stewarding what you already have. And so you get angry and jealous those are, those are wicked things that the kingdom of darkness does in us, where we start comparing ourselves to each other, where we start becoming, eh, complaining, and where we start saying then bad things about other people. That is all demonic. That is demonic, and we need to recognize it. God has given us what is suitable for us in this moment. But that particular parable says, that if you're faithful with whatever God has given you, he will give you more. And whining and complaining and bad-mouthing someone else is not the way of God. It's the way of the kingdom of darkness. You and I must guard our hearts, okay? It's our hearts that have to be dealt with in these situations. So, you can look at that scripture verse, but the essence is God gave or the master gave to his servants what was appropriate, and he wanted them to steward it. And with those that did, they received more. The one that did not, that was an extreme disappointment for the master and for the servant. And it is in Scripture. Now, it's not something that the pastors like to talk about, right? No, I want a good thing. I want you to come back, right? Yeah, yeah, so... Scripture says, be careful because some will teach things that itch the ears. In other words, that will just satisfy the flesh. But we have to have the whole truth, don't we? Yeah. We have to have the whole truth because the whole truth sets us free. And so God is very serious about stewardship. Very serious. And what's interesting is, is that he will do that work in you. What do we do? We cooperate with God. That's always our place, cooperating with God. Why? Because there are a lot of things that are riding on our stewardship. There are salvations riding on our stewardship. Do you realize that? Yeah. There are lives and their eternity 
that are riding on our stewardship. Now, I am not here to place an undue burden on you because the Lord God will help you carry that. But the Lord will place burdens on us in prayer, in situations. Why? Because he has called us to co-labor. He's called us to steward. Do you realize what a privilege it is to steward the things of God? The thing that amazes me is what God, what, what was done in the garden, and yet God said, I still have a plan and a purpose and an answer for that. You and I, it is a privilege to be counted the, among those who are children of God. And we want to steward that well. Stand with me and let's pray. Lord, as a good father, you're always serious about the things that are really true and important in our lives currently and in the future. Yes. Yeah. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of stewardship. Lord, we know that, uh, that anything that must take place within our lives is the work that comes from you. It's your grace. You're the one that's going to do it. Lord, I ask that our hearts would be changed so that we would cooperate with you. Lord, I ask that those places that need to be broken within us would be broken by the power of your spirit so that, the, so that your true kingdom might be revealed in us, Lord. Yeah. Lord, we count it a privilege yeah, to be called your children. You have done a beautiful thing, a thing that is really beyond our ability to understand. But you have chosen to use us to accomplish your kingdom rule and reign in our lives and in this world. So, Lord, in humility, we come to you knowing that we need to change. We come to you knowing that there are places within our lives that have not been sorted well that we have not stewarded the resources of heaven that you've given us. And so, Lord, we ask that you would increase our ability to hear your voice for those kingdom opportunities. The words that we speak would be bring life. Lord, we ask that our lives, that they would be a blessing to this world. Lord, we ask that this world would be a better place because we live with you within us, Lord God. Lord, may we be the living witnesses and the testimony of your great love to the world around. Lord, may we be the recipients and those who deliver the truth that you've given to us in order that truth would set people free. Lord, we thank you for the truth that's come to us because it's brought freedom. And Lord, we thank you for the truth, for the truth that comes through us because it will bring freedom, freedom to others. Lord, you have done a good thing, and we live with thankful hearts in everything that you've done. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. What we'd like to do you are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.